Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Let's say you're a Christian and you happen to work for the post office, but suddenly they want you to work on Sundays and that's the Lord's Day, so you object and your case goes all the way to the Supreme Court. Gerald Groff did this. Today we interview his attorney, Alan Reina. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a live interview with a Christian attorney, Alan Reinach, who is representing Gerald Groff, and his case is going before the United States Supreme Court on April 18th. There will be oral arguments about religious freedom in the workplace. Can the U.S. Post Office, if they're your employer, force you to work on Sundays? If you object and say that's the Lord's Day, it's right there in the Ten Commandments, keep holy the Sabbath. Welcome from Scottsdale, Arizona via Skype, Alan Reinach, the attorney for Gerald Groff. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning, thank you so much for doing this show with me. Well, I'm honored. Uh, tell me about your organization, the Church State Council. Well, the Church State Council is about to celebrate our 60th anniversary. It's a Seventh-day Adventist organization based in Southern California, uh, primarily serving uh, the Southwest region for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, the Church State Council is really the, the public affairs and religious liberty ministry uh, because Seventh-day Adventists worship on, on Saturday Sabbath, we have no end of workplace conflicts. And so wow. my career, my bread and butter, has been representing church members with Sabbath scheduling conflicts. And you know, for that reason, I was brought in to assist Mr. Groff. Uh, I've done a lot of work with the Postal Service cases, and uh, uh, you know, of course, we represent people of, of all faiths and all religions. Uh, who suffer discrimination in the workplace, and and Mr. Groff is just a uh, you know stellar Christian gentleman. It's been a delight to know him and represent him, and and to to hold him up through this ordeal with the post office. So, Mr. Groff is not Seventh Day Adventist. What is his faith, and why is Sunday Sabbath important to him? Well, he's a, he's a Christian, uh, you know, very devout Christian. He has been a, minute, a, a missionary at times and uh, just a, a guy who loves the Lord and wants to, to honor God. And, and, you know, Sunday he regards as the Lord's Day and, and doesn't work, which, you know, used to be a, a majority religious practice, but anymore uh, there's fewer and fewer of, of any Christians who absolutely refuse to work on Sundays. We've had a, a handful of calls to help folks with Sunday accommodation problems over the years, but but they're just, they're not that many who, who get in trouble for it. Obviously, Sunday is not as uh, in demand as a work day in, a, in our culture. So it used to be back in the 50s and 60s, uh, not that long ago, really, uh, all businesses were closed on Sunday. There were blue laws in many states across America forbidding businesses from being open so that everybody could enjoy at least one week, one day of the weekend or seven, 
uh, day work week, we, we shouldn't be working all seven days. The Lord gave us a day of rest for a reason, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or Friday in some religions. Um, but then in the 70s, that began changing and, and it was just limited to liquor stores could not sell on Sundays. Uh, and now, Everybody's selling on Sundays, except for Chick-fil-A. I, I love Chick-fil-A. They continue to, to take that stand. How did the post office start making people work on Sundays? That's like, that's a novel idea to me. Well, I think we all know by now that Amazon has a contract with the Postal Service and uh, uh, that the Postal Service delivers Amazon packages on Sunday. And FedEx In too, I think. Uh, I'm not as familiar with FedEx, but okay. um, uh, in eastern Pennsylvania, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, where Mr. Groff lives, the Amazon contract started, I think it was in 2015, and, and uh, Mr. Groff was accommodated that first holiday season, but his postmaster then put her foot down and said, no, we're not going to do this again next year. So Groff found a small post office that was not participating in the Sunday Amazon and he gave his seniority to move to the smaller post office uh, so he could avoid Sunday deliveries. But of course, Amazon contract caught up with him at the smaller post office and eventually they were delivering as well on Sundays. So he volunteered for a demotion, he switched assignments to take a smaller post office, and Amazon basically chased his employment options to even the small towns are delivering Amazon packages on Sundays. Uh, how did he voice his religious objection and what was the response from his employer? Well, you know, the federal, if you're a federal employee, there's a very bureaucratic system for uh, documenting your religious accommodation requests and filing your EEO claims. I've done a lot of representation of federal employees over the years. And, and he reached out very early on. And so myself and local counsel were, were holding him up and getting his paperwork filed, his accommodation requests from a very early stage. And, you know, the, the irony here is his postmaster wasn't hostile to him. And as long as he, you know, he knew that, that Groff wasn't going to work on Sunday. He could put him on the schedule. He still wasn't going to work. And so he would just work the schedule without Groff, and he had no problem covering the Sundays. But then higher management, labor relations uh, meddled and said, no, you can't do that. You've got to put Groff on the schedule, and you can't, you know, cover it until he calls off, which he would be required to do on Saturdays. And so then the postmaster's left scrambling at the last minute trying to find coverage. Any difficulty the post office had in covering the Sunday deliveries, which, by the way, they always did cover, but any, any difficulty they had was of their own doing. It had nothing to do with one guy out of how many tens of thousands of postal workers there are. You know, it, it had nothing to do with Groff. It had everything to do with uh, their mindset. So here's the little guy who's taking a stand for religious freedom. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll find out how about the disciplinary hearings. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Do you have Muslim friends or neighbors living in America? We want to give them Bibles in their native language and you can help. We're making a free offer to you, the viewing audience, to help give away free Bibles to Muslims. 
If you want us to send a copy of the New Testament for yourself or a friend in any of the following languages, we would love to send it to you free of charge. We've got an Arabic New Testament available, Farsi New Testament, Turkish New Testament, the Kurdish New Testament in Kurmanji, the Kurdish New Testament Sorani, and the Dari Gospel of John. All you need to do is contact our office by phone, 719-574-5900. Again, that's 719-574-5900. Or send an email request to hope at vopg.org. Again, that's hope, H-O-P-E, at vopg.org. And we'll process your request right away. God bless you. We're here in Israel, in literally the scene of all of the holy sites, like the Via Dolorosa, where Jesus carried his cross, the garden tomb where he was raised from the dead, the Sea of Galilee, where he taught the disciples. And I prayed, Lord, how can I bring this inspiring environment into your living room? And what we've produced is a four DVD disc set with the entire Gospel of Matthew. I teach every verse in all 28 chapters of Matthew in short 12-minute segments so you can understand the exact words that Jesus taught from the exact location where Jesus lived. Pick up the phone right now and call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. For a suggested donation of just $50, we'll give you all four discs, the entire Gospel of Matthew, or you can write to us at the address on your screen or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. You're gonna love this Bible teaching. Pick up the phone and call us today. Do you need a physical or spiritual healing? Are you being tested or tried? When Jesus needed to pray, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you need to really connect with God? If you're visiting Colorado Springs, come see the Gateway Prayer Garden just south of the city along Interstate 25. Walk our prayer trails among the trees by the beautiful Fountain Creek. Stand at the foot of our large cross and connect with Jesus. Enter our life-size replica of the empty tomb and spend time reading key Bible verses etched in stone along our ground cross as big as a football field. Join our worship gatherings and plan to attend our annual Easter sunrise worship service. We're located off I-25, exit 132A at 8035 Bandley Road, just north of the KOA campground. Experience Jesus at gatewayprayergarden.org. That's gatewayprayergarden.org. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Gerald Groff is a hero, a Christian postal worker who is taking a stand for your religious freedom and has appealed his case all the way to the United States Supreme Court. It's coming up, the oral arguments are set, I believe for April 18th, and he could set precedent that guarantees your freedom to not have to work on the Sabbath especially if you're a federal employee, like he is for the post office. Ellen Reinach is his attorney with Church State Council, uh, his website, churchstate.org. Uh, Ellen, so here's Gerald Groff, as you said, uh, he's getting these warnings, he's applying for EEOC accommodation requests, religious accommodation requests, you and his team of lawyers are writing everything very early on, uh, but then he's called into the office and he's scheduled and then excused, scheduled and then excused. When did they start to give him counseling and uh, threatening? Well, it was ongoing over a period of about two years where they would issue a warning, 
sometimes it was, you know, it was a progressive discipline that they do, uh, you know, verbal warning, then your first written warning, et cetera, up the chain. But in between, there were multiple, I think there were eight times when they just kind of called him in and chastised him for uh, not having worked the prior Sunday. I mean, the whole effort was really a harassment to try to get him to change his practice. And that's actually an area of law that's not well developed. But a lot of what we see in these cases is the employer really just pressuring somebody to violate their faith. And then he was suspended two times for a total of 21 days, not allowed to work. So did that hurt his personal income? How do you pay your bills when you're suspended? Well, I, I think the answer to that is obvious that, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's hard for a working person to, uh, to endure loss of salary for any period of time. Uh, so yeah, it takes, it takes a toll for sure. And then the third suspension was upcoming, which would have meant immediate termination. Uh, what did he choose to do? So yeah, he, he knew he was facing his final, um, his final uh, discipline, which would have been termination. And so he resigned. Uh, he, you know, he certainly didn't want, if he had a termination of federal employment on his record, that would have precluded him from other federal employment if, if he you know, sought that. And of course, whether you're a federal or a state employee, uh, you want to try to get your years in for retirement. That's a very important part of, uh, of government employment, is being able to accrue time for retirement. So he chose to resign uh, in anticipation of being fired. In, in legal terminology, that's called a constructive discharge. He was essentially forced uh, to resign. He really didn't have much choice. It was that or be terminated. So you helped him file a lawsuit. Uh, were you the lead attorney or is there an appeals attorney and now you're working with Liberty, uh, First Liberty? Sure, so I represented and continue to represent Mr. Groff, but uh, at, at the trial level, uh, we had a, a, a very fine uh, local Pennsylvania attorney, David Crossett, was working with us. And um, we uh, filed a motion for summary judgment after we did a, a lot of discovery, took depositions and such. And we really thought that we had him. I mean, the facts were so clear. Uh, but the judge threw the case out. And uh, at that point, we were directed to contact First Liberty, uh, which you know, does a lot of, uh, has a lot of expertise in doing appellate work. And they were gracious enough to take the case on, hire a first-rate uh, appellate counsel out of one of the large law firms in Houston, and uh, take the appeal first to the Third Circuit, and now we're at the Supreme Court. So the Third Circuit affirmed the dismissal of your case, which, which is bad, but then the Supreme Court chose to take it. And I'm, I'm gonna read a couple of legal phrases. I want you to help me uh, uh, parse the, these, these legal phrases from, from precedent from 1977. There was a religious liberties case, TWA versus Hardison, which is balancing Title VII of US Code and, and other you know, First Amendment issues, obviously. The Supreme Court is gonna review the de minimis test for refusing religious accommodations. What is de minimis? So uh, let me put this in context. The, the statute, you know, we're dealing with the Civil Rights Act, 
which uh, was passed in 1964, amended in 1972 to clarify that this is your basic non-discrimination statute that everybody knows companies can't discriminate on all the usual bases, right? Sex, race, uh, etc. Um, and religion is one of them. And in 1972, Congress clarified that uh, religious discrimination also includes the need to accommodate employees' religious beliefs and practices. And it was specifically promoted by a senator uh, who was a Seventh-day Baptist who was concerned about Sabbath accommodations, such as Mr. Groff's, albeit a Sunday Sabbath accommodation. So the law was very clear that this is what employers were supposed to be doing. They were supposed to provide, quote, reasonable accommodation short of incurring an undue hardship. Well, when the case got to the Supreme Court a few years later, uh, the court was very concerned about giving uh, people of faith favored treatment. And so they kind of um, dumbed down the standard of hardship to basically not very much, de minimis in the Latin, where we get the word minimum from. Uh, it's amounted to really a get out of court free card for employers in so many cases, because they can get away with doing little or nothing and still win. So that's the other phrase I wanted to ask about. Undue hardship is, you know, if you're an employer, you cannot create an undue hardship. Uh, but if there's a de minimis standard, it means uh, you can get away with a little bit of hardship, but not an undue hardship. So how do you balance that? Is there something, what, what is the employer's argument for creating any burden? Well, all right, so look, the way the statute was designed to work, and Congress, when they passed the Americans with Disabilities Act, clarified it's the same balance. You know, provide the accommodation unless it causes an undue hardship, but Congress defined undue hardship as a significant difficulty or expense on the conduct of the business. Well, in our case, the Postal Service had no, really no disruption in their business. There was no hardship on getting the packages delivered on Sunday. That's really what the law is designed to look at. Can the employer still carry on its business without, you know, any kind of significant disruption or impact, difficulty or expense uh, as a result of providing the accommodation to the person of faith? That's the way it's supposed to work, and we expect the Supreme Court is likely to restore that kind of balance. Now, you know, there certainly are cases where uh, if it would really disrupt the business, uh, they have a right not to do it. Uh, simplest example, a case of a, uh, a member of the Sikh faith, they wear the turbans. You may be familiar with that. Yes. Uh, and if he's a construction worker on a site where he needs to wear a hard hat and he can't wear a hard hat, well, guess what? You know, that's, a, that's an OSHA regulation. Either you wear the hard hat or you got to do some other kind of job. You can't be accommodated on a construction site if you can't wear the hard hat. You know, that's the kind of common sense that the statute is designed for. There you go. So let's take another short break. What is the prediction? Uh, I, I think I have a feeling how this is gonna go when the Supreme Court takes up this case on uh, April 18th after this. This is PIJN News. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I want to introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry in the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray in Jesus' Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here with this great ministry needs your support and you can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code PRAYNEWS and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm gonna put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. Well, thank you, sir. I accept that endorsement and we support your work at MyPillow.com. Remember everybody, when you visit, use the promo code PRAYNEWS, you get a big discount and our charity gets a little bit of help. So thank you, Mike Lindell, for your support. They get a lot of help, not a little bit, a lot of help. <laughs> we need all we can get for Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Ellen Reinach. You know, after President Donald Trump was able to appoint and confirm three conservative justices to the Supreme Court, it appears to be on its face a six to three majority for religious cases. And there have recently been uh, Christian flag cases that were decided and, and other kind of religious freedom issues. Uh, Mr. Reinach, do you predict success at, at the Supreme Court? Do you, do you think you can get to a 9-0 victory? You know, my clients always ask me, you know, are we gonna win our case? And I tell them I don't have a crystal ball, right? Um, I will say that yes, um, look, this is not the first religious accommodation case that has filed cert in the Supreme Court. And in previous cases, several of the conservative, three of the conservative justices have said, you know, really, uh, the de minimis test is not consistent with the plain understanding of the phrase undue hardship. An undue hardship clearly is something more than a hardship, not something less than a hardship. So we do think that the conservatives are uh, sympathetic to this claim. But going back to Hardison, it was the liberals, it was Justice Thurgood Marshall and William Brennan, the two staunch liberals on the court who were in dissent and uh, insisted that the de minimis test was, was not right and that it would need to be reversed at some point. So uh, I don't think that this needs to be a liberal conservative divide. The liberal organizations that, you know, I've been working to um, coordinate the friend of the court briefs in this case, and even you know liberal groups that you might think are hostile to 
religious liberty, the American Civil Liberties Union, and, and others, they're all on board with uh, the undue heart, you know, with the, the de minimis test uh, going down. They do have some concerns uh, about how it may affect co-workers or customers, um, but those are concerns around the margins, not the basic thrust of of, uh, of the statute and giving the statute some some plain meaning and weight. I think you just nailed the underlying, um, let's say, history behind this. That is, the Civil Rights Act was opposed by Democrat conservatives in the South when it was first passed, but it was promoted by liberal Republicans in the North when it, when it began to protect not just uh, employment rights on the basis of race, but also on the basis of religion. And as you said, Thorogood and, and Brennan, they defended as liberal justices the religious freedom that, that some Democrats today are hostile to. And I'm surprised that the ACLU is on board. They, they're, nowadays, they're kind of anti-Christian. But in your case, they've gotta be pro-civil rights. They've, that, that's in their charter, right, is to defend civil rights. Uh, and I think we can get to uh, if Justice Ginsburg were still alive, I think she would rule in favor of civil rights and Title VII and, and uh, the, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Uh, I don't know if the three liberal justices are as uh, historic or as adept uh, as she used to be. Look, I think we have a shot at getting nine nothing, I do. The very first case that I was involved in um, before the Supreme Court when I was a law student on behalf of a Seventh-day Adventist who was denied unemployment benefits, uh, we got an eight-to-one victory, and uh, it, was, it was Justice Rehnquist who was the lone dissenter at that time. So I, I don't know that this, this kind of issue is not really a liberal conservative divide. It's not a culture war issue. You know, if you think about it, people of many different faiths have practices that may run afoul of the kind of general rule, workplace rules. How many religions uh, have some form of, of, of expression with dress or appearance, wearing of beards or head coverings, uh, for example? Uh, you know, all of the major religions. What if you're a Christian and you want to wear a cross around your neck? Uh, so it, th this issue really has the potential to impact millions of American workers. Amen. And yet, you know, what we're up against, frankly, I think is, is kind of this attitude that, that many have that, well, hey, if the boss says go to work on Sunday, you go to work on Sunday. If they says go to work on Saturday, how many times have we had um, bosses say to a Saturday Sabbath observer, well, my Sabbath is on Sunday and I work if I have to, you know, so I, I think in many respects it comes down to <clears throat> not understanding yeah. that God's authority needs to be in first place, you know, that we worship God, not mammon, and, and mammon Amen. comes in second place, right? Yep, and, and as a supervisor, you shouldn't be imposing your own practice on somebody else's practice. The government of all people uh, needs to be non-discriminatory. We're out of time, but our guest has been Alan Reinach. Let's say a prayer. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing on the Supreme Court justices. Give Mr. Graf a victory. Restore religious freedom to where it should be in America. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit or call us toll free if you need prayer at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.